Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning again, everyone. Well, this morning, we're going to, um, we're going to begin a short series this month that'll cover the Christmas story. And, um, and, and well, I'll, I'll get there in a second. The first thing I want to do this morning, we're going to talk about Joseph, the right stuff. But the first thing I want to do is I want to go to that verse that I've been taking you uh, through every week. We'll go a couple more, probably to the end of the month on this one, then we'll switch another verse. I just want you to learn verses, and this is, we learn by repetition. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and it says this. Read it with me. One, one, two, three. All Scripture... Inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now put 316 up there again for me. Now, we know that all scripture is inspired by God means all scripture is what? God breathed. God breathed these things, the Spirit of God. Um, now, our word I want to give you meaning today is like the word correction on third line down, or on my screen is third line down. Correction, and that's the idea of to straighten something out. And so when you look at um, the word uh, teaching, then reproof, uh, and then correction, you know, so you could, you could say it like that. The teaching is like the Bible tells you what is right, Reproof tells you what is louder, what is wrong, and correction tells you how to get it right. So let's try that again. So the teaching means what is right. Reproof, you could say, tells you what is wrong, and correction, it's like how to get it right in your life. So, okay, just so, so we get that down there. Now, as I said, we're starting a Christmas um, a Christmas series. And um, I, I enjoy this time of year. I'm sure many of you do. Conjures up memories, some, most of them good. Some of us have some probably not good memories of this time of year, but I, I think most of us would say we have a lot of good memories. And for me, I go back into my, uh, I remember my, my childhood years and uh, things about Christmas. Uh, and my family, uh, on my side, uh, we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. Any families like that here? We, we do that. Okay, my wife's family celebrates Christmas Day. How many of you celebrate Christmas Day? Say, this saved us from divorce, so we wouldn't, you know, how many know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, so you don't fight about where you're gonna go during that day. Um, but Christmas Eve at my parents' house, I remember my favorite uh, gift to this day that I received on Christmas. It was mid-60s, so... My parents got me one of those road race sets where you put the plastic tracks together and the electric, you press the button, it was electric and the cars would go. Anyone remember those things like that? I got one of those. I remember in midnight, we'd open our gifts at midnight. I'm nine years old or about. And they let me stay up. I remember I stayed up till like four in the morning playing that thing. It was so good. I'm an old time corner resident, so how many remember when they would decorate 6th Street with all the lights and the tinsel? And remember, yeah, remember, remember, yeah. It was great the way they did it in Corona back then when the center of Corona was the, the spot before it branched out wider and wider. 
So I remember stuff like that. And uh, one of the things I liked a lot were all the movies. So here's where we're going to have a little fun right now. Um, your favorite Christmas movie, uh, many of raise your hand. What's the one movie you got to see? What's the one? It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Well, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, right there. Christmas Vacation. <laughs> well, you have an entourage. First service, somebody said Christmas Vacation. Jennifer? Elf. Oh, yeah. Elf. That's right. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Christian? Scrooge. All right. Is that with uh, who is in that one? Is it? Oh, there's a couple of them. Bill Murray, I'm assuming, is that the one right back there? Christmas story? Yeah, you got a big yes up here, okay, on that one right there, right here. Santa Claus movie, okay, yeah, Santa Claus, okay, back there. Die Hard. I'm not exaggerating when I say someone said that in first service also. I've never seen it. Is it a Christmas movie? Really? Oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't seen it, okay? What? You know, God. Whoa. You know, have you read Leviticus? Let me go, what? You know, you know. <laughs> right here, bro. The Grinch? Yeah, that's right. The Grinch, okay. Yeah. Back there? Home Alone? Yeah, that for us a great I love that movie right there. Polar Express? Oh, 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 you got an ah over there. I was going to ah. Susan? A Christmas Carol? Yeah, I like that. Okay, okay, that, that's good. I got, I got plenty. Okay, right. Okay, Andy, I'm so sorry. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. Because it was, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, that's right, Iron Man 3. We'll talk later, okay? But no, I'm just... Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, my favorites... Um, one of you didn't mention one of my favorites is the Charlie Brown Christmas. It, I just love that moment where, isn't it Linus who recites the gospel? Doesn't he do that? And you just get chills in your body when he recites it. Oh, my God, so good. I love it. It's a wonderful life. I love it because um, you just feel very thankful for your life. You, know, you feel thankful for the things that have happened and it makes you forget if you dwell, anybody here, I know you don't, but if you dwell on the negatives, it makes you forget that and realize, you know, it truly was a wonderful life. It truly is. And so, you know, I like that. And uh, let's see, um, oh, I like Home Alone, absolutely. There, there's no doubt about that. And the one Christmas, I love a, a, a Christmas carol. And the one that I really, really like is the 19. 51 version it's all english accents you know because they just sound cool and it's with alistair sims and it's just like that one just gets me every time uh, every season like that but one of my favorites is uh that claymation rudolph the red-nosed reindeer remember that one his nose lights up red remember that right there and they try to muzzle it. My, my name, I don't know. You remember that one? Yeah, and then the bumble. Remember the bumble? The bumble's got no teeth. Remember that guy? I like the bumble. So there's, there's a, but, and then there's music. And my favorite to this day, because my father used to put this album on at Christmas time and listen to it, is Johnny Mathis Christmas songs. 
Anyone remember that? You have to be older to remember. Raise your hand if you're old. No. Johnny Mathis. This is like to this day, my dad would put it in the big console. Remember the big console stereos? How many remember the big console stereos? Remember those? Remember you put it in your house and then a piece of it stick out the door? It was so big. They're just huge, man. What do you need all that wood for? But that's the way it was back then. So that brings back memories into my life of Christmas. And uh, so, to, so we're going to begin this series on Christmas. What I'm going to do is this. We're going to look into Matthew chapter 1 and 2 during the month. We're going to take pieces of it and uh, tell the Christmas story, rehearse it again, which is always good. The series is called uh, Emmanuel, God with us. As you'll see, the text, the verses there. But what I want to do in each, um, in each message, in each section, I want to pull out something uh, that is very practical that would minister and challenge us like right now in our life, amen? Because it's not just about information. Jesus didn't come to give us information. He came to give us life, correct? And so I wanna, I wanna use that as a challenge. And this morning I wanna look at Joseph who becomes, he isn't, but he becomes the, the father of Jesus. And it's an interesting, interesting uh, take because if you've read your gospels, you know that there's not much said about this man. That he just appears, and there he is, and then he disappears forever, and you don't know anything about him. But it's really cool that in the verses that we will read about him, there are certain statements made about him, certain things that he's told to do and that he does that really speak well, volumes about this guy and what he was all about. And that's what I want to do this morning as we go through the Christmas story. So I'm going to go verse by verse. We're going to do Matthew 1, 18 through 25. We'll, we'll comment on this. And then we're going to dive into this guy Joseph this week because he's an interesting, interesting guy. He's got all the right stuff for the assignment this man does. And how many know we need more men with all the right stuff? Amen to that one? So here we go. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Now remember, this is the physical birth. This is where, the God, where God comes and takes human flesh. We know that Jesus always existed. He's eternal. We know that from John 1, 1, and plus couple it with John 1, 14. We know he's eternal. So now he takes human flesh, takes a human body. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that means they haven't had sex, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to explain something to understand why, what Joseph is going to be doing in the next verses. It says that he is betrothed to Mary. There are three stages in a Jewish marriage at that time. There is the engagement, where the parents typically would pick the partner and they'd arrange the marriage. Now, age-wise, the girl would be in her teens, guys could be late teens, could be even early 20s or even early 30s. Now, 
Many times, though, they were both, male and female. They're both in their, in their teens. It could be like that. So the engagement time is there. But then it moves to the, what's stated here, the betrothal. betrothal. Now, it lasts about a year, all right? And during the betrothal, they are really, they're married. They're considered husband and wife, though there is no consummation sexually of this marriage at all. And it is during this time that um, if you don't want to marry the person that they picked for you, you could say, I'm out, okay? How many of you, just give you a visual, have ever seen the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Anyone ever seen that? Remember when dad brings home the guys? Raise your hand if you remember that, okay? Remember that? You're like, yeah, send that guy away, okay? And so she says, no, I'm out. I, I don't want to do anything with that right there. So you could do that. You could opt out at this time if you don't like this person whatsoever. <clears throat> now, after this year-long thereabouts time, then comes the marriage itself. This is the actual wedding party ceremony. It lasts seven days. It's a big, long event party. Remember in John chapter 2 when um, they run out of wine at the wedding? Remember that one? That's because the wedding's going day after day, the, ceremony, you know, the party, seven days long. And so that's what's happening there. Now, the problem that we run into in this story is this. During the betrothal, that one-year time when they are considered married, but there has been no sexual consummation in the marriage, it's before the seven-day party. At that time, Mary is found to be pregnant. Now, you now can put the math, you can do the math, right? There's a problem for Joseph because she's going to tell him, Joseph, guess what? A miracle happened. I'm pregnant. Verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Is Joseph believing her? And the answer is what? There's no way. Okay, Holy Spirit, yeah, sure. Okay, got it. You know, and he's going to send her away. He says, no, I just don't believe this. And I, we're going to send you away privately. What he's saying is this, I'm out. I, I'm not marrying you. You've been unfaithful to me, so I'm not going through with this thing. Now, something happens. God now has to intervene in his life. Verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now he finds out that Mary has been telling the, the truth. That's right. Well, she's been on it. Oh my gosh, this is true. Verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, you're going to name this child Jesus. Notice he'll save people from their sins. We'll get into that later on in the series. But you'll name the child Jesus. Now, for those who are newer to this, Jesus Christ, right? Christ is not his last name. Got it? It's a title, all right? They didn't, in the first day of school, they didn't go, is Jesus Christ here? They didn't say that, all right? It's a title. It means anointed one, Messiah. It's what it is. So, his name is Jesus. 
Now, Jesus is the, is the Greek uh, basic translation of it, but it comes from the Hebrew Yeshua, which is the, we get the name Joshua is what it's from. So, verse uh, 22. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means what? God with us. So now we find out Matthew the writer goes back in time. He pulls a, a quote from Isaiah from 700 years before this moment, and he pulls it from Isaiah, he inserts it and says, remember, this is what's written, that this child, the virgin, shall give birth to a child. His name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? And so now you see more these prophecies coming to take place in, uh, in his life. <clears throat> now, verse 24, right? 24? Yeah, 24. And Joseph awoke from his sleep. And did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took Mary as his wife. How many know that would still be a big step to take? Verse 25. But kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name. Say it. A little louder, please. Jesus. A couple things in these verses. Notice he keeps her a virgin until... Just for the sake of knowledge and understanding, that Mary did not remain a virgin her whole life. I know some of us were brought up to think that, but that's not true. In Mark chapter 6, in the New Testament, verse 3, Mary has other sons and daughters. And so it begs the question if mankind says one thing and God's word says another thing and they contradict each other, who's right? God's right. It's just that simple. God is right. Now, the other thing I want you to think about is this. It says, she gave birth to a son. Now we find the creator of the universe has now entered into his creation. And he's entered into his creation for one specific purpose. Well, there's multiple, but the main one is to save us from our what? From our sins. Because one sin will send a person, myself, all of us, one sin will send a person to hell for eternity. That's how bad sin is in the sight of God because God is absolutely what? Perfect and holy. Yep, that's right. Now, Let's dive into the life of Joseph. Let's look and see what made this guy the right stuff because I think it's fascinating and I think it really relates to today in our lives. So you guys ready? Okay, number one, Joseph is moral. Joseph is a moral man. So he's got the right stuff because he's moral. Now look at verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous, say righteous, a little louder, righteous, righteous man and not wanting to disgrace say disgrace. disgrace don't want to disgrace her plan to do what with her send her away that is a very interesting move on his part now let me tell you what's going on here Matthew the writer says of Joseph that Joseph is a righteous man now the word righteous 
is a great word that he, it means innocent but let me give you kind of a breakdown of what innocent means it means one who is such as he ought to be one who is such as he ought to be in other words Joseph is living and behaving as a man ought to be any amens he's living as a man ought to be that's interesting so now what can we point to that's going to give us some idea of what that means in this particular case or situations well it says that he doesn't want to disgrace her right now the word disgrace it means to make an example or to expose someone's failures so now we find we have a man who's living as a man ought to live and living correctly and the example the evidence is that he's not going to expose this woman he thinks she's unfaithful at this moment he thinks she's cheated on him but he's not going to expose her he's not going to talk about her he's not going to say here's all of her failures here's what she's done he's not going to do any of that let me give you a couple quick applications I wish I wish social media could get that memo anybody amen on that don't you just wish they get the memo I, I mean social media if you're on there and you're reading all this stuff I mean come on you got all these people and they're in all walks of life they're, they jump on that person's failure and that person's failure I wish and you've heard me say it before I'll say it again I wish the people on social media who are writing and exposing other people's failures, I wish that they would first list their 20 ugliest sins they've committed in life. Put it out there. Get the log out of your own eye. And once you get it out there and fix it, then you're okay now to point out some specks in someone else's eye. Amen? I mean, that's, that's what needs to happen because it's so out of control it, it, it amazes me that because for all have sinned and fall short of the glory we've all sinned so we have people on social media who are sinners all of us have sinned and they're trying to point out the sins of other sinners when they haven't even fixed their own sins of their own life you follow me yes. I mean it doesn't make sense to me it just I, I just can't believe it now I'm going to drill down deeper can I drill down deeper yes. okay good because I was anyway <laughs> I'm going to help you moms single moms possibly or just parents young girls young ladies listen closely Joseph he thinks she has cheated on him and so he's not going to say anything about it but he's going to send her away privately you follow me? You follow me. Listen, young girls and young ladies. You get that boyfriend and you give in to his sexual advances and you're not married to him. Don't even think for a moment that your name is not going to be brought up in the locker room at school. Don't even think about it. Don't even think that, that oh, you'd never. Really? really he'll start talking they all start talking you save yourself 
You don't fall to that. You say, well, I've already kind of blown it. Then stop now. Then stop now. See, because we have a guy by the name of Joseph, and he's not going to say anything. He's unique. He's what a man ought to be. He's not going to go say things. He's not going to go expose things. He's not going to do that. He's a righteous man. And that's why he's the right stuff. Amen to that one? And that's what a man is right there. That's one example of a man. Now, let's move on. The second thing about Joseph that I find here is he's unselfish. Now look at verse 20. Verse 20 says this. But when he had considered this, behold, say considered. Okay. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, can I give you a quick sidebar? You guys want one of those? Just real quick, you can jot it down for those who really want to study things out later. It's just a real simple one. But notice in verse 20, it says that he considered. What's he considering? He's considering what's going on. He's thinking about it logically. But then the dream tells him to go a different direction, and the dream is a spiritual dream, is it not? So now you have a man who's thinking logically, but he's also thinking spiritually, and he's weighing these things out. That is what you want to do. You want to think logically and spiritually. Let me tell you something. When people say, oh, I can't believe that Christianity, my first response would be, it's the only thing that makes sense. Isn't it? It's the only thing that makes logical sense to me if you think it through. Your faith, your Christianity is not a matter of blind faith. Never say, well, you just got to believe. That's no, 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 no. Your faith, your Christianity is an evidence-based faith. We think it through. We understand it. We don't just, you know, pie in the sky stuff. I like the fact that he's logical and he's spiritual. He's operating on both sides of his hemisphere right here. Now, that's just a free one. You think about it later on as you go along. Now, he's unselfish. Now, why would I say that? Joseph wants to send her away, does he not? Does he get his wish? Yes or no? No, he doesn't. God says, oh, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to marry her. You're going to take that child to be your son. You're not going to do what you want to do. You're going to do what I tell you to do. Okay. Let me, let me explain this. <clears throat> okay, I have grandkids. Okay. I have five, remember? I told you last week I have five. Last week I had five. This week I have six on the way, the sixth one. Yeah, it's, it's, They all look like me? Let me, give, let me give you a dollar. They say that not one of them looks like me. Nolan's my twin? Hold on. No, I'm just joking. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. So it's number six is on the way. So uh, Nathan Lynn's are going to have their third one now. So um, if, if you have grandkids or you have small children, you know this to be true. My grandkids are super happy. Oh, they're loving life. And, and, and you know, and, and now I know about Moana and Kanto. I had never seen Frozen. Now I know all about Frozen. I, I got that Elsa. I got the names, all right? You know, the cold never bothered me anyway. I get it, okay? So I, I'm with you on those things. And, you know, isn't it amazing? I think The Rock is a really good singer. 
When he sings in Moana, right? Has anybody seen that? You're welcome. Anybody heard that? Are you, where have you been? I never watched it till I had grandkids, but I thought, this is a great song. Play that again, okay? I like that song. So he, he's really, I like when he sings that song. Now, I know all this stuff, and my grandkids, they're real happy when they, they have their stuff, but if you tell them no, or if you take something the way they want, it's like the world just ended, is it not? It's like, oh my gosh, and I call it this. I, they, you know, they go like this, especially Lincoln. She'll just go like, oh. She, I go, I call that the batteries died in her. <laughs> I go, the batteries just died. She's like, oh, like this, man. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. A couple weeks ago, they gave her one of those little otter pops, you know, those popsicle otter pops. You know, anybody know what that is? Okay, so, and she knows the bag of them is in the freezer at the bottom to pull it out. And she finished it like that. How many of they, boom, like that. And then she wants another one. They go, no, you can't. And Lindsay's coming up to her, no, you can't. And Lincoln, two years old, she stands in front of her. She goes, no! I go, oh my God. <laughs> this is out of control right here. But when they don't get what they want, they, they, just, they just fall apart, right? They just, they just melt. Now, uh, if you remember, not this past summer, summer before, we had those summer nights out there when we couldn't be inside a lot and stuff like that. And we had that one booth, where I think you had a, a, a sombrero maybe, and you take your pictures out with the family. Anybody remember that one? Oh, good, four of you. But anyway, um, but there was this, I think it was a blow-up guitar, and they're taking pictures, and Willa, at that time, was about two, she's three now, she gets to hold the guitar, and she's so happy. She's having a great time. Take the pictures. She's so happy. And then the pictures were over. And they have to take the guitar away from her. By now, Willa believes one thing. What do you think that is? It's her guitar. How can you possibly take this away from me? And so they had to take it away. And all of a sudden, the batteries go dead. And she's crying. And the world's ending. It's almost like when Superman stopped the rotation of the earth. It's just, everything is just, just going bad. Question. Why do my little grandkids, why when they don't get what they want, why do they do that? It's a simple answer. They're Del Campos. No, I'm just joking. No. They're children. They're emotionally immature, so when they don't get their way, they throw a little fit, right? Joseph's not going to get his way. He wants to send her away. He's not going to get his way. Does he throw a fit? No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't react. He, he responds. He doesn't, he doesn't blow up. Now, let me talk to men. I'm just going to talk to men. Okay? Young men, middle men, old men, really old men. <laughs> men, let me throw some questions at you. Men, is life filled with challenges? Yes. Please answer me. I got to hear. Okay, good. Is life unfair many times over? Yes. In life, do you not always get what you want? True. But if you try sometimes, no, that's a song. <laughs> men, especially young men, and if older guy, you're still stuck in this, listen, listen, listen. If we don't get what we want and life is not always going to give us what we want, it's just not going to happen all the time. Sometimes you're not going to get the guitar. Be careful. Because if you start throwing the tantrums and getting sad and blow up and the batteries run out, that means you're just not grown up. 
I can tell you, many can tell you from experience here, you're not going to get what you want all the time. Life is going to be very unfair at times. And that's just because it's life. It's, it's just what it is. Now, <clears throat> why is it important for men to grow up emotionally? I'll give you a couple thoughts. Because women want to marry a man. Did you hear that? I saw that. <laughs> Women want to marry a man, not a little boy. Let me tell you another reason why men have to grow up. Because you will never, ever live out your God-given full potential if you don't grow up. It's just not going to happen. It will not happen. So men need to grow up. And listen, I, I, I had to go through the same thing. I, I just didn't grow up emotionally. The world I grew up in, and I get the world I grew up, sometimes you get stuck. And so in my early 30s, I finally had to say, I'm not, I'm not a grown-up. I've got to deal with these issues. It's not somebody else's problem. It's my problem now. Now, can I talk to men and women now? Is that Okay. Because I know you ladies were really liking it up till now, huh? And you're like, I don't know if I like this guy anymore. Okay. <clears throat> Let's take the idea then that we don't always get what we want. What if we, as we age, get into teen years, 20 years, 30, that we in our mind think that um, our personal happiness is the most important thing? I mean, that's what matters most, my personal happiness. What if I'm just consumed with my personal happiness? Question. When I don't get what I want, if I'm consumed with my personal happiness, whether man or woman, if I don't get what I want, then what do I do? Better question. Then who do I think is responsible for my personal happiness? Everybody else. Your husband, your wife, the government. The church, why didn't the church do that for me? Oh, you're supposed to be a Christian? Boy, we hear that one a lot, man. We always think it's somebody else responsible for me. No, you are responsible for you. We're, we're, don't, don't be buying into the crazy thinking out there. You are responsible for you. Now, there's this story. It's in the Bible. And I'm not going to turn there, but you find it in 1 Kings 21. One through seven. You'll see it's in the notes if you want to go back later. Um, it's a guy by the name of Ahab. He's the king of the, um, of the kingdom of Israel, which is the northern kingdom. Judah is the southern kingdom. It's split in half. And uh, he is a king, and so he sees this guy's vineyard that's kind of the land that the guy owns is right next to his palaces, and, and he wants it. And he tells the guy, sell it to me. I'll give you a better piece of land. And the guy goes, no, I can't. And he can't. Because this is inherited land. This is God-given inherited land. You can't give this land up. You can't sell it. And he says, no, uh, I can't do that, King Ahab. King Ahab, a grown man, king of Israel, when he hears that, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't give it to you. He goes in his house. This is a grown man. I love this story. He goes in his house, goes in his room, throws himself on the bed, and just like... <gasps> And he says he's vexed. Oh, that's a nice term. 
And he's, he's in there whining and complaining and pouting. And it's like his wife comes in. Remember, his wife Jezebel, nice girl, right? <laughs> Some of you know your Bible, huh? Jezebel comes in. She goes, what's your problem? Well, he won't sell me the piece of land. It's not right. I just want the piece of land. It's right here. It'd be perfect for me. And she goes, are you the king of Israel or not? I think. No, he says, she goes, you know what? I'll fix it. I'll get you that land. And she does. And she messes things up pretty bad. But she gets that land by force. She takes it. And then he's happy. Because mommy took care of him. Because he's not a grown man emotionally. Oh, he's got position. But emotionally, he's just a little kid. And there are too many that get stuck like that. We stay stunted emotionally, and we grow up physically, intellectually, but stay stunted emotionally, and we destroy relationships. We become great at it. And we got to grow up. We got to grow up. We're not going to get what we want all the time, men or women. Joseph, he doesn't want to take her as his wife, but God says, yes, you are. You're, you're, you're going to take her. And so he has to do the unselfish thing. And that's how we know this man is innocent. He is as he ought to be. Because he can live with no and not throw a tantrum. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? That's a man right there. Now, the third thing is this. He's a real-life example of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, once again, means God with us. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm just going to read, guys, uh, verse, um, verse 21. It says, She will bear a son, this is the angel talking, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Say that again. You shall call his name what? Jesus. Okay, good. For he will save his people from their sins. Okay. Then, of course, verse 25 says, he, when he was born, he calls him Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> question. What did the angel tell Joseph to name the child? Second question. What did Joseph name the child? So Joseph names the child, right? In that day, this is what's huge about this, this little interaction. In that day, um, Paternity was, uh, was more legal. It was legal versus biological. What does that mean, mean? It means this. That when Joseph decided to name Jesus, Jesus, he gives him the name and he marries Mary. He is saying that that child is my son. And that woman is my wife and that's our child. That's what he's saying. I got some questions. How far did that go to cover? Remember, Mary will be pregnant and she's not married. How far will that go to cover her potential shame in that situation? Far, right? He's the right guy. But there's a little boy named Jesus who's going to grow up. And he names Jesus, that's my son. How far will that go for a little boy and his potential shame and maybe parents telling kids, you know, that kid's illegitimate. How far will that go to, to, to cover all the shame there? 
He steps into the situation. And I, for any men who have stepped into the situation and you became the father of kids where a father didn't want to parent the kids, God bless you, man, because you did a great thing. You did a great thing. It's not easy. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Joseph, his name is Jesus, Mary, Mary, in his life, by his actions, he covers the shame of Mary and he covers the shame of the little boy Jesus. Right? God, follow me so far? Okay. But there's a little boy. He's grown up in the family. And his earthly father, he's not his real father, he covered my shame and he covered mom's shame by his actions. So, what dad did on a small scale, Jesus sees the example and he sees that and Jesus will cover the shame of millions and maybe billions on a wide scale. Correct? So, what Joseph did on a small scale, Jesus will do on a massive scale. Joseph did not make an example of Mary, but instead he did what he ought to do and he became an example of how the little boy Jesus should live his life as a man. Did you follow that? Did you follow that? Because that's what a man is. That's what a man does. Now, Jesus, he grows up and he's going to cover, not not just cover, he's going to cleanse away Anybody who wants him, he's going to cleanse away all the sins of whoever would put faith in him. All the sins. He'll cleanse away yours. Now, just in case, somebody is thinking, ah, but you don't know what I've done and you don't know my sins and you don't know this. Let me just hold on. If you went back in Matthew before we, before what we read in verse 18, back up to the genealogies in chapter 1, which is not a full genealogy. It has gaps in it. Genesis has the full genealogy. But in those genealogies, you're going to find some people in there. You're going to find that in Jesus' ancestors, there's a woman by the name of Rahab. What was Rahab? She was a prostitute. She's one of his ancestors. That's the lineage of the Messiah. She turns her life around and she walks for God. There's another person back in the ancestors. His name is Perez. Now Perez, the Hebrew of Perez, is, he's a breach. He's a breach baby. His mother's name is Tamar. This is Jesus' ancestors. His mother Tamar, she gets pregnant with Perez by uh, disguising herself and she has sex with her father-in-law. That's incest. And the, the kid Perez comes out and he's part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And so you look in Jesus' history and you see all this, oh no, there's certain ugliness and sins in the history. But Jesus isn't ashamed and Matthew's not covering up. And this, he's not ashamed. It's like there's nothing. And that's just, just another point to show us that Jesus can cleanse and cover and give a fresh start to anyone. Doesn't matter where you've come from. Let me, let me give you one more. Jesus, it says in verse 25, that he's born. Okay. Mary and Joseph, they come to Nazareth, Netzer, the branch, because there's an ancestor of, uh, of uh, it's a descendant of King David. And so they come there, and there's no room for them to stay anywhere. 
They can't find a room at all, so they have to go to these shepherd caves in Bethlehem. Some of you have been to some of those caves. And in that cave, I've got a question for you. These are animal stables for the sheep. Question, do you think it smelled good in there? Okay, better question. Do you think it stunk? Do you think it's damp urine on the ground? Yeah. Do you think it's dark that night in there? Yeah. You think it's cold that night? Yeah. And yet the Messiah is born in this dark, cold, damp, stinky cave. And that's a picture of your heart and my heart. When Jesus, the light of the world, he came and we put faith in him, the light of the world is born in our dark, stinky, damp hearts. And he brings light. And he cleanses away everything. And he gives fresh starts to whoever wants it. God's not mad at you, friend. God came to save you. He came to wash it all away. Pray with me now. Let's pray. God, we are so um, grateful all that you've done for us. But if you're here today and you have never placed your faith in Jesus, you've never said, here I am. I'm going to give you my life. Forgive me my sins. Wash it away. Then today's the day. Or if you walked away from God, and it's not that you stopped believing. You probably walked away for emotional reasons. Something happened, and you got de detoured, and you shouldn't have. Now it's time to emotionally grow up and come and continue your walk with Jesus and never look back. If you'd like to place your faith in Jesus or come back to Christ, I want you to do this one thing. As a sign between you, me, and God, I want you to open up your eyes and look up at me. It's just that simple. Open them up right now. I'm going to look out there and when our eyes meet and close them again, but just do it right now. God bless you. 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 Now repeat this prayer out loud after me, those who looked up at me, and everyone here say it with them so they're just not alone. And as you repeat this, just believe it. Place your faith in Christ as the one who came, died on the cross, was buried, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. So here we go. Repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. 
of all of them. Come into my life, Holy Spirit. Make me new. I give you my entire life. I surrender to your will. Thank you for saving me. Now let me pray. God, I pray. I pray for who, those who looked up at me. That they'll walk with you full steam forever for the rest, for the rest of their earthly life and all the way into heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over them, God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, would you stand up with me, please? Now, last thing, repeat after me. Lord, keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. Hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you later. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCCNorco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.